know how I do you And you know how I flow Can I get your name and number Cause I like your stilo And I take the way you move And the way you do your thing Baby you can bring it on You can swing it this way Hey guys, it's Malik and you're listening to him. You know, I got my posse with me, my family, my niggas. What's up? I have Trey, Aaron, and Stevie. Yeah, baby. Get away from the mic with your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. Uh, Aaron here. What's going on with y'all, man? Like, I want to know what has been happening with y'all since the last episode. Stevie, what's going on? Baby, listen. Um, I'm just trying to get my emotions on a... A balance. Um, I've been very emotional this week. Um, just thinking about everyday life, um, things that are going on in my life, my mom, her health, my sister, just family. Everything has just been on my mind. And it also like revolved and came back to me thinking about myself and getting myself together. Um, I've just been very emotional this week. I've been going through the week like a little agitated, a little nasty attitude here and there. I've been really a mess. I mean, okay, so now that you know, you know, it's time to time to fix it, right? Time to Yeah. I'm on I'm on that route, I promise. I think he was trying to fix it with Henny <laughs> <laughs> last night. And I don't even drink Hennessy and the bitch had too many cups. <laughs> Drowning with the alcohol. So it's time for all y'all to admit that Henny is nasty. I don't care. Yeah. Here's the thing, you can give it up. We all know already. Yeah, give I... up the pretense. It's gross. Like we can all share in the fact that it's gross and just move on with our lives. Like I thought literally only people in New York drunk it because I've never heard of Henny until like I moved to New York. And I promise you, like, I've never heard of it. That shit tastes like rubbing alcohol mm. and like distress. Mm. Bitch, that's what the fuck it's for. <laughs> Y'all pose that, like, what the fuck are you drinking? Mind you, she's the youngest. A, a yeah. pina colada or something like, bitch, Girl. it's supposed to be real strong. Anyway, um, you know, I was just asking y'all what was going on y'all week, so I can talk about mine. Um, well, I, bitch, I ain't go. Well, girl, you worked and you want to go on vacation. So, Yo, all right. Move. See, this is why we always going to have a fight, because he always trying to comfort me in the worst okay. ways. Ooh. Let me just say, my week was good. I mean, finals are over. Mm. Like, I'm about to go to Philly and yeah. act a fool. Yeah. You know, because when I'm in school, I'm in school. I don't be doing too much. But when I go home, it's nothing worse. I'm about to go and my, be my, my worst behavior, y'all. Uh. And then I'm hitting Atlanta, too. Oh. For, the, for the Christmas holidays, I'm going to see my babies. If you don't know, um, I'm going to let you know I have really, really bad baby fever. And I cure it by seeing my little cousins. Um, I really want a baby. Mm. But um, these hoes tell me I'm real young to be thinking about that already. Early. Too early. Look. It's never too early to plan, ho. That's a lie. Y'all out here going to be 90 with, with a seven-year-old. I, I ain't going to be that. I don't even want him. No shade. Oh, no. Mm-mm. But anyway, I am doing really well. Ugh. With his face. Sorry. But I'm doing <laughs> really well. Aaron, it's your turn. I registered for classes, y'all. Hey. Woo, 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 woo. 
in January, I start school. Um, but I went in and I had a meeting with the dean and I registered for classes. Just four classes, you know, so I can do the full-time jaunt. Yeah. Um, they're online classes right now because I might still be working while I'm doing it, you know, pulling a full hustle. Um, that might not last very long, but hopefully no one in my job is listening to this. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, um, I'm really, really, really excited. It, it's becoming more real, you know, as the weeks go by. And uh, I am... Now it's like I, I'm over the moon. I think I do this thing where I tend to like think of all the things that can go wrong, and so that stops me from getting like excited about things. And it's like until I'm in it and doing it, that's why I'm like, oh shit, I'm doing it. I'm excited, but um, I'm allowing myself to get excited because I know that it's actually is happening, and I'm really about to be in college, y'all. And that's like that's blowing my mind because I've never been in college before. So I am really, 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 really excited. So. And then when bitch, and you tell me something, you ain't never been to college before and now you're about to go to Fordham, which is like one of the most sought after institutions in New York City. Like, I mean, come on. you know, whatever and shit and stuff and stuff or whatever and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Lord, um, I'm giving a PSA to all the college young kids out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Please stay away from Aaron. Um, he will corrupt your mind, no, suck no. your toes. No college kids, I have advice. I have love and happiness to give you and hugs and massages and all sorts of Don't give too many massages. scandalous uh-uh. and probably not socially acceptable things. Yeah. Come and see me. Uh, toe sucks and yeah. armpit licks and sniffs. Okay. I'm giving a PSA. Please stay away from Aaron unless you're into that and you want your toes sucked. And they do. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, then that he is your guy. So, y'all are a mess. But um, New York City is such a magical place. Um, to some, it's 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 so magical to me, just because I have literally been all of the opportunities that I've been receiving have been amazing. But I've been in the right place at the right time, and I was just actually texting Aaron about um an opportunity. Um, to work for a charter school in Brooklyn kind of has fallen in my lap. And I'm just like, wow, you know, and I just got a new job. So it's <laughs> it's amazing to have, you know, finally be working towards something and just to be, you're, I'm literally in the thick of my dream. Like I'm knee deep in my dreams. And it's such a, so amazing to, to, to be that. And like I say, in, in New York City, it's just so magical. And I love living here. I love being here. And yeah, um, which leads me to, I want to ask y'all a random question. What is one goal? So what is what is the goal from your five-year plan? What is one goal from your five-year plan? And if you don't have a five-year plan, what do you what would you like to ha- have accomplished in five years? Is it personal, oh, it professional? Can be, it could be anything. It could be anything. Uh, like in the next five years. I would love, I want to study in France for a year. Mm. Um, and I've always talked about this uh, with Trey. But Bonjour. I, I literally want, that's something that I'm working hard toward. And I want to like live overseas for at, at least a year. Mm. Um, and if I can have more, I would love more. But um, that's something that I'm, I'm working toward. And that, that will happen within five years. Well, bitch, dust up on your French. Because I sent you a good French statement the other day. And, and you I paid, paid it. it. <laughs> okay. I yes. paid it. I got five years, bitch, to learn French. I just said five years. Look, a bitch took French for years and don't know a damn word <laughs> except a for a shit. few things. So, I, look, I'm not judging. <laughs> but 
my five-year plan oh my god and you know i always plan everything out and i don't even have this plan y'all not ready i mean i think for my five-year plan i mean five years i'll be out of school Mm -hmm. so most likely i want to be most like i feel like i'm gonna be living in new york still i'm not over it yet i tend to be over things very quickly but not this city yet um and i think i'm gonna live in new york i'm probably going to be hustling but i'm gonna be doing what i love i mean i already am in positions where i'm meeting these people that are the tops of their fields and i'm just my want to say sophomore year junior slash sophomore year in college so I see big things, and five years from now, you may see me in a magazine or something. Come on. Shit, you may see this show on TV. Yeah, baby. You may get the male, the, the gay male version okay. of The View, honey. Come on. Him. Yeah. So, I mean, Stevie, you got a lot of ad-libs, bitch. What's your uh, five years? And speak up, um, I I'm here, like always. The bitch always trying to come for me all the damn time, child. Um. Um, I want to like come over what Malik said about going like you know out of the country. I honestly have always said since I was little I want to go to London and just like be in everything there. I am like addicted to like the British or the English accent. I am like I have like a a story as usual. Um, I rem- story time. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was like maybe fourteen, fifteen, and we uh we took a class trip to like an ice skating rink, and there were like. English tourists that came in and I was just like amazed by their accent. It was just like I was staring and like just mesmerized and they were looking like why is he looking at me like that? I was like I am so in love with your accent. Like and I said to myself I have to go to London. Like I really have to go. Like I have to set that in my five year plan. So one of the goals from my five year plan is to have a chest. I <laughs> a, a what? A chest, because, you know, I think oh. my entire life I have gone through life without, you know, having those two boobies on my chest. Oh my you know, God. I've had a, a a nice little expanse where my chest is supposed to be, you know. Yeah. Oh. Um, and uh, I think that it's time you you can know, have for mine. me to start yeah. building that joint up. Uh, so, I mean, I have many goals in my five-year plan, but that's definitely one of them. It, it's connected to um, how I, I despise the gym and everything that it represents. Mm. But... Um, I do want to build up some muscle mass, and so, and I've been talking about it forever. Everyone that knows me knows that I've been talking about working out and going to the gym for years, and I've never done it. So, um, that's actually something that I'm going to do. You know, instead of just talking about it, it's something I'm gonna do. So, y- y'all see, because you know I take a lot of pictures. So, <laughs> y'all gonna see it. when it, when the chest debuts. Okay. It's gonna be on the gram. Y'all gonna see it. You know what I'm saying? It's Hot off the press, dog. Because I'm gonna be wearing all sorts of like all sorts of tight ass shirts, and then I'm gonna be pulling them shits up, and uh, y'all gonna see me at sizzle. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> just say, give it all you got. <laughs> okay, so that was another PSA for the Aaronettes out there uh, yeah. to just get ready. Or the new debut of Aaron. The rapture is coming. Yes. Okay. Um, we're getting you ready. I'm just saying, We look, we may even get a calendar out there just for y'all. Listen, Trey, <laughs> I love you down. Hey, I, girl. Want, I need you hey, to pay the Aaronettes, okay? That's what I need you to do. Because if I fight you while we're, like, recording, I feel like this. it's not going to translate well. You know what I'm saying? The girls are really like, what's bitch. going on? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I might cause some controversy. So what I need you to do is pay it. Yeah. <laughs> so get look right on along but no um 
going to our next topic, and this is not really like a major topic. This is kind of something I wanted to throw on the table before we actually get into what we really, really want to talk about. But um, so I hate when you have to find a new barber and uh, you have to go to a new atmosphere. And just basically what I want to talk about is the homophobic atmosphere that is the barbershop. And how it just causes me so much pain and tension when it's time for me to get my hair cut. So how do y'all feel? I've been very blessed. Um, In my career with barbers, I've had a few. But I had one that was real good. (laughs) It was, but it ended... When I was a child, and then I had another woman. She was amazing. But then that barbershop closed down, and then I found another one, and she was amazing. But I've never felt as uncomfortable as I heard a lot of people feel when they go in. I don't know what was the atmosphere that I was around, but I never felt a a need to uh, change anything from deepening your voice mm-hmm. or or the way you you walk in and or trying to join in in every conversation um i've never had to feel that so i may be at a disadvantage i totally i mean i i, I understand what he's saying because i was like dating someone and i had this conversation with him because no shade if you're dating a masculine man is to let him know of the things that you have to go through as someone who identifies as femme and I was like telling him about a situation. I literally was I had to fight on White Plains, bitch. I was on two thirteen in White Plains trying to get my hair cut, and this nigga like he came out of his motherfucking mouth sideways at me. So, bitch, I had to get motherfucking stupid on White Plains. Like I had to get in that nigga ass, and so it shouldn't give that. Like I should get the same respect that any other person patron, cause motherfucker, I'm paying. So it's just very much of I really get upset and like there are people who don't experience that, you know, when they go into the into the barbershop. But bitch, when I come in there with my motherfucking skinny jeans on my fuck my motherfucking, you know, whatever's, I should be able to still be respected regardless of what I have on, what I look like, how I'm speaking, bitch. I'm paying first and foremost. And then the atmosphere is so fucked up because it's like even as a masculine presenting guy, it's like I walk in there and the subject matter, like what y'all talking about? Oh, yo, like you spewing all sorts of awful shit in the air. And I'm sitting there like I'm mad, uncomfortable. Like, you know, I'm just here to get to get fresh and leave. Like, why is it that homophobia and transphobia runs rampant in these situations? Black men. You know what I'm saying? They're just they're they're so toxic at times and it's ridiculous. And you know, I hate like it just it makes me sick to my stomach like sitting in there because I'm just like, okay, I just want to get my haircut, get the fuck out of here, dog. Like and it's so difficult to find this a place where you don't have to like deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then it's even worse when people assume your sexuality and try to talk to you about women, or worse, try to get you to be complicit in the homophobic discussion. And then you gotta reveal yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, now everybody looking at you sideways and it's like, bro, like so I gotta fight with a cape on. Like I just like leave me alone, dog. Right. I just wanna get my hair cut and go. I'm a nigga just like y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Chill out with that bullshit. Yeah. And and finding queer friendly barbers is so difficult. And then 
when you find a queer friendly barber, it's like you're not queer friendly so much as you make me a caricature. Yeah, everything is about me being gay. That's all you want to talk about because you just want to show how support. How so, you know, I'm I'm so supportive of or gay how folk. progressive you are, bitch. Right? And it's like, bro, like just like I said with the homophobic motherfuckers, I'm here to get my hair cut That's and it. go. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what I'm saying we don't got to discuss. You know, what I'm saying ballroom culture and tops and bottoms and. You know, oh, when's the last dick you sucks? Because I just love Ooh. talking about dick sucking because gay people are great. Like, you know, pay it. Like, just cut my hair. Don't say anything homophobic out your mouth. Let me pay you. And then I'm going to go. Like, I don't, I don't need all that extra bullshit. I just also wanted to add with something that you said. I was reading um, an essay by Audre Lorde, who is a lesbian and she's a feminist as well. And she was saying that usually it is the marginalized person's duty to inform and educate, you know, and even though it's not our responsibility, um, inadvertently that it that becomes our duty, but it's just like nigga, I am not the motherfucking encyclopedia on all About things everything. gay, yeah. you know. So don't even bring that to my to my doorstep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think honestly, every time I go into the barbershop, I am completely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It it never changes. It's never different. I actually had went to the barbershop, you know, the other day. And one of the boys that I went to high school, um, he dapped me up and said, what's up? And there were other people that I grew up with that were in the barbershop with me that didn't speak. Now, you guys, people know, you know who I am. You know what I am. I'm not saying that you have to speak to me every time, or I, but I would like to have the same respect as everyone else that's in the barbershop, no matter what sexuality I am. I would want everyone to be like, what's up, Steve? What? All I need is a what's up. I don't, we don't have to have a full conversation. I don't want to know what you're doing today. I don't, hey, what's up? There's been guys that's coming to the barbershop and that have not even acknowledged me, not even spoken to me, and then they want to involve me in conversation, especially about women, which I don't really know too much about because I'm gay. And, you know, I don't really want to know about the last bitch you fucked or the last, because I'm not out here telling you the last nigga I fucked. I don't need to know that but i just want the respect of when you're coming to the barbershop say what's up it's not a problem it's not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna say hi and we're gonna go about our day that's it i also just want to flip it though because have you seen how uncomfortable like straight people get when we're like talking about dick like so imagine like literally straight men are always talking about pussy bitches like all the time you know and i'm like okay this is not something that i care to hear about but bitch let them say sometimes i'm i'll walk down the street and i'll just pull up my phone and and i'll carry and i'll be not really on a phone call but i'll be like yeah bitch i just sucked a old 10 ass inch dick last night (laughs) just to see that that caribbean lady's face come together or just to see that caribbean man's face come together it's just like yeah bitch i'm gonna make you fucking gay i cannot deal with you (laughs) but yeah like it's time to like really throw that shit back on them because it's just like you get to exist endlessly in my space and you don't have to i'm i'm oh my god i don't want to get too much into it but i'm reading hunger by roxanne gay and she she it's about as a memoir about her being she's super morbidly obese but it's about how people don't pay attention to spaces mm-hmm. and how you, a person uses a space and i don't think straight people understand how claustrophobic being gay can be it's like i'm constantly having to be in these spaces where i can't expand and that's an issue when you can like literally expand and overflow over me where I can't even exist and be who I want to be, that's an issue. And that's more so what I have when I, when I, um, when I go to the barbershop because I'm, like, literally trying to shrink into myself. Mm. Think about a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? 
literally trying to be less flamboyant. And when I say flamboyant, I don't mean feminine. Like almost like I want to be invisible just to get a haircut, you know, and I, it really sinks that low and in, 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 in certain places. It's just like, girl, I just really want to breeze in and breeze out. But it never <laughs> goes that way. Yeah, but I think that takes us to our topic. I mean, we I think going to the barbershop is for y'all is a coming out experience over and over and over again mm-hmm. because there's always new people that um you're you're put in front of. And I know Aaron, right? You know you have a lot to say on this, right? Okay, well, bitch gave me the shrug, so I guess not. Um, but no, coming out, I think, is very hard for people. Um, for myself, it wasn't the hardest experience ever. Um, I, myself, don't believe in the whole coming out um, to people. I, I've always, when I'm young, um, I didn't have to uh, do it. I came to, out to my parents through a text message, like... Oh, by the way, y'all, and what's for dinner? Like, okay. that's oh what it was. God. And I didn't have, like, I'm not going to do, walk up to everybody that I know, like, well, I'm going to tell you I'm gay. Mm. Like, I just was like, well, bitch, no, you don't have to walk. Did you walk out the room and say, mama, I'm straight? Like, yeah. you didn't have to do that. So why, do I, why am I putting that on to myself, that extra pressure, that extra conversation where Bitch, I'm going to just live the way the fuck that I want to live. And if you don't want to deal with me, guess what? Bitch, there's a door. And that's better for my life. Mm-hmm. So that's how I took it. And that's why when I was a kid, I, I I didn't have to. I just did it to my parents just to give a heads up like, hey. Um, this is what it is. This is what it is. If you see a man, just know. like This is what it's giving. This is what gives. Like, And so for me, I think... I didn't have the typical coming out experience as many people did. And so for me, I'm a little jaded because mm. it, it went so rosy for me somewhat. Well, I think that now that I'm a little bit older, I view coming out a different. Um, I think that me, my coming out story now is my declaration to the universe and just to the spirits that I am a gay man and that I choose to be a gay man. And this is my story, my journey, and it's mine. So I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of people's coming out stories is marred in pain and, and, you know, and challenges and whatnot. But I totally look at my coming out. It's, it's, it's a rebirth. Like, this is who I am. This is a, I'm a man and I'm gay and this is how I'm living my life. But um, I came out when I was a junior in high school and um, I told my mom. I think my mom has always known I've been gay and I think she said that before. Um, bitch, I've known I was gay since I was in kindergarten. I didn't know it had a name. I didn't know that, like, you know, it was a label for it. But I knew that I've always loved men, especially black men, you know. Um, and... I would always used to get bullied. Oh, my God. I I would come home crying. The girls would call me faggot in elementary school and middle school. I had to start seeing therapists just because I was, like, really, really depressed because I got bullied so much. 
And um, and keep in mind, y'all know I'm like 5'7", I'm 120 pounds. So I have always been like a small little thing. So the girls like really, really used to give me hell in um, elementary school and middle school. But um, coming out is, I think everybody, like the age group that I come from, coming out is like, it was hard, you know? Um, because where I'm from, there wasn't a lot of gay people around. So it's just like, you know, you couldn't click up or there wasn't someone that I could go to or 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 someone that I can copy or use as an example. So when I came out, I was being I was I, it, it took a lot of courage, you know, um, and but it was painful just because I knew I, I felt that it was something wrong. And looking at my parents faces, it felt wrong. But I now know that this is my life and I know that I'm living it the right way, you know, um, but but coming out is definitely important. Um, my coming out story has like two sides to it. Um, the first side is uh, when I was in high school, um, there was honestly, I want to say like two out gay people that you know that really were like not out and like about and doing stuff and like being known but we knew who they were and I took it upon myself one day to be like I sat down with my best friend um and we were both like going through like you know how are we gonna do this like this is something that everyone's keep talking about like we they know we're gay blah blah blah, blah. but I took to my space and it was like a I, actually there was like a day that the computers took the block off of my space because at school they weren't letting us use it. They was like it was too many things going on there. They had stored no computers, bitch. For some reason there was probably like a glitch or something, and my space was open. Um, I took to my page and I changed my entire page because everyone in school with friends were on Facebook. I mean, sorry, MySpace, and they knew you know what was going on. So I took to it and I changed everything on my page to gay. Everything like the background was very flashy. I had Diana Ross. I'm coming coming out i changed my name on face i mean i keep saying facebook because facebook is known yeah. now but myspace i changed my name to too many in the closet i had to come out and it was like when i posted that it was like soon as i walked out of the library it was just like a oh my god steven you're gay oh my god like we always knew but i was just like y'all don't understand how long it took for me to do that like y'all are taking it as like oh my god but it's just like damn bitch you overcame that like you came out and did that and the second part i want to put on it is that with my family, one of my family members was very, very, like, very, very disrespectful to the fact of me coming out. I'm not going to mention any names because I'm just like, it's, it's nothing for them to get any shine from it. But it's the fact that she took it upon herself to tell me, like, listen, this you shouldn't be doing this. You're going to go to hell. You should read the Bible. You should stay away. He, she was basically trying to keep me away from my best friend. And it really, really took me to a place, like, I was, like, scared to now already come out in school, but to bring it to my family was completely different. And with her doing that to me, it really fucked up a lot of shit. And it really made it, when I had to bring it to my mom, it was just like, I didn't, the way I told my mom coming out of the closet, like coming out of the closet to my mom was probably one of the hardest things or the most, one of the biggest things that I like really hate the way it played out. Because me and my mom are very, very close and what I told her that I was gay, it was like, I'm shaking. Um, I told her that, you know, it was like an argument. And I really hate arguing with my mom. And I didn't feel like the way I said it to her was correct. Because it was like an, a heated argument. 
And I said to her, you know what? She was like, well, why are you going around saying this? And I was like, because I'm gay. And it was just like hard. And she was in front of her best friend. It was just like a big thing. But the thing about it was I just wanted to tell my mom in the sense of me and her having a situation, not the family member blatting it and just bringing it up as like a negative thing. And I just wanted to make sure that me and my mom were good because I honestly didn't care about who else knew in the family. But I just wanted to make sure that me and my mom were like on a good place and she respected me. So what? when I told her everything that was going on with me, it was just like, you know, it was a burden off my back. And I didn't know that she would be so supportive. I should have, you know, looked like this is my mom. I shouldn't keep this from her. And I kept it from her for a long time. And in her mind, she was just like, baby, you should have been told me. You should have just knew I'm mommy. Like, you shouldn't worry about everything else. Just worry about your mom and know that she has your back. And my mom actually, you know, started doing her research on, you know, being gay and stuff like that. And she brought it to the family in the sense, like, this is my baby. You understand what I'm saying? And y'all are going to respect my child. You're going to make sure, you're not going to disrespect him in any way. You're going to make sure that he's comfortable in every situation. Because if I have to bring it to the table, it's going to be nasty. And you know how moms are with their kids. Mm -hmm. My mother do not play with her kids. So when I brought this to the table, she was just like, baby, you should have been told me. And it's, it's one of the biggest things on my heart all the time that my coming out wasn't the best with my best friend, which is my mom. I should have had a very, very different approach to it. But since the family member made it so negative, it was just like, bitch, I don't have no choice but just to scream it out because this person's on my back telling me I shouldn't hang out with my best friend. I need to read the Bible. I need to go to church. Being gay is a sin. And it's just like, what the fuck? I, this is not how I'm supposed to be doing this with my mom. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go nowhere. Hello, my darlings. This is Aaron, and you're listening to him. Make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Him Podcast, and take a look inside our heads at HimPodcast.com. Hey, y'all. We are back. It got really deep, and I'm thanks Stevie for sharing. You're welcome. Um, and Aaron. Hey, friend. <laughs> how are you i'm well love yeah um aaron how about you 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 talk to the to the people a little bit coming out means uh so many different things to me uh and i'm going to try my absolute best to keep them all in order and not to go uh too far on a tangent um i came out when i was 16 years old and i was uh i was a sophomore in high school and I say came out, but I was actually outed. Um, my uncle, uh, he is, uh, he was the only other, that one that was uh, out in the family at the time. And, uh, he was 24. And, um, I told him before I told anyone else in the family. And it was a, it was a weird time because my mother, you know, your parents always know. And my mother, she was becoming, more and more upset about the fact that I hadn't had a girlfriend. I had all sorts of friends, oh friends, 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 everywhere, friends everywhere. But I didn't have a girlfriend, and she wanted to know why. And the pressure was increasing because uh, there was a truth there that we both knew, but one that she didn't want to acknowledge, and the one that I was too scared to, you know, um, 
let free. I'd known I was uh, not. I'd known I was gay forever, but I accepted it and said this is not a thing I could fight anymore. At the age of twelve, I remember it very well. Um, I said to myself, "This can't go on." You know, um, this constant self doubt, and so I said to myself, and it was I said it out loud, and it was it was it was such a moment. I was twelve years old. I was young, but I said out loud, "I said I'm gay," and just saying that, like, it, I felt. I felt transformed. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, I began to share it with friends, but never with family. So I remember I was at the mall the night, um, the night before, you know, everything came out into the open and my mother called me and she wanted to know who I was at the mall with. And I said, my friends, and, um, she started to yell at me and it's like, you know, you always have friends everywhere, but you never have a girlfriend. Where's your girlfriend? And I just didn't have an answer for her. So I just remained silent while she screamed at me. And she was yelling so loud that people walking by in the mall could hear her. She wasn't even on speakerphone and people were shooting me apologetic looks. And, um, she was, you know, she just kept, she kept ratcheting herself up higher and higher. Why don't you have a girlfriend? Why don't you have a girlfriend? Why don't you have a girlfriend? And I screamed back. I don't know. And there was dead silence there for about uh, 10 seconds. And she said, I'll see you when you get home. She hung up on me and my friends were comforting me because I was upset. You know, so then we were on our way back um, to drop me off in my house. I called my uncle and I was like, you know, Sam, I, 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 I have to tell her I, I can't do this anymore. And he was like, are you sure? He's like, you know, I was I was, you know, years older than you before I came to any conclusion. I was like, no, I've known like this is not a thing I can doubt. But I I, I have to tell her this, this this can't go on. And he's like, all right, well, he's like, I support you. You know, what I'm saying, you know, call me if you need anything. Let me know. And so um, I got home. And uh, I was expecting, you know, another big fight or some sort of explosion. It was 10 p.m. And I walk in the house and the house is dark. And my mother had a rule, you know, when you walk into my house, you have to come find me to let me know that you're there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I went to her room and I knocked on the door. She said, come in. So I came in and I said, I'm home. I said very tentatively because I, I, I felt like, you know, something was going to come. But she was watching TV. And um, she said, all right, you know, um, I love you. Uh, go to bed soon. And I was, I was like bewildered because I was like, after all that, that huge argument that we had, I thought it was going to be a thing. Like I thought first you were going to, you know, call me down for disrespecting you by yelling at you because I never yell at my mother. And, um, then it was going to lead into like the fight. And, um, I think it was, that was the reason why, because I was expecting a big fight, but there wasn't one and that deflated me and I chickened out and I shut the door and I went back to my bed and I fell asleep. I woke to her shaking me gently and she kept saying my name over and over again. And, um, you know, I'm groggy and I look up at her and I'm like, what, what happened? And she's like, you told the family you were gay and everything like stopped. Like it, every like time stopped. And it was like, I heard her, but it was like muffled. She was just telling me about, and you know, I found out that overnight my uncle, in a show of solidarity to save me from having to come out to the rest of the family, told the rest of the family um, because he had known, quote unquote, known that I was going to tell my mother that night. So my aunt called my mother the following morning and asked her if she was OK. And she's like, well, what, why would not be OK? What are you talking about? And she was like, your, your son. And that was how she found out. So she woke me up already knowing. And um, and I just sat there. I didn't say a word. She talked to me for about a half hour you know, the Christian side of it, you know, don't you know what you're doing to your life and the choice that you're making and, you know, all that. And she went and got the Bible and read Bible verses to me. And then she sat and she just cried for a while. And this whole time I just sat next to her and didn't say anything. And um, when she was done, she got up, she kissed me on the forehead. She said, I love you. 
and didn't speak to me for two weeks. And um, and it was crazy. But like after she left the room, I got up. And that relief that I felt, it was so strong that my, my knees wobbled and I almost fell back onto the bed. Even knowing, you know, the backlash that was probably going to result and, you know, just thinking about all the things that could go wrong because I have always been a pessimist, knowing that I never, I didn't have to hide it anymore. Whatever was going to happen was going to happen as a result of me standing in my truth. And that relief was ridiculous. Um, I look back on that day as a day of happiness, even though it didn't go that great. And the weeks that followed were full of pain. And it's been a very slow and awful road to where me and my mother are now, which is a much better place. But um, I look back on that day, you know, as a day of happiness, because I was like, yes, no more do I have to do this. And um, I know, you know, Trey said that, you know, he never had to experience the coming out thing and how the whole coming out thing is is ridiculous and it really is but you have to think about the environment that led to that sort of thing um you know when I was younger than the age that I came out just you grow up and you're surrounded by these attitudes and, and what people say you know the hatred that surrounds you and also growing up in a Christian household you you it's like you learn from a very young age something's wrong with you and you know how damaging that is for a kid very. how traumatic you know, to think that something that you never chose, something that you could not have, you know, done anything about, even if you'd wanted to, was something was up was an abomination or something that was wrong. And um, so you had that. And then on top of that, you have people around you being taught anti-gay, you know, beliefs. And they're just parroting what their parents or older siblings say. But, you know, there's these are kids your age and they're spouting like homophobic rhetoric. And, you know, you just... You, you just you you want to just like sink it to the ground and just not exist anymore. And so once you come to the realization, hey, I'm gay and this is not going nowhere, you keep it a secret because you're scared of what the people that you have become friends with, the people that you care about, you know, these are your formative years. And, you know, you're surrounded by people who are not going to be OK with it. And it's like so you keep it a secret and then coming out is so cathartic even though it's you know the whole proverbial closet should never exist because you finally choose to stand in your truth and that is such a huge thing and i think that nowadays coming out as a somebody who is cis and you know gay or lesbian is a hell of a lot easier than standing your truth as a trans person uh you know gender deviant non-binary uh you know asexual Mm -hmm. you know it's so much easier because it's like even though we've come a long way, you know what I'm saying, we're still like at a huge disadvantage, but we got to think about those who are below us on the ladder. And the coming out process is still very prevalent, even though it shouldn't be, it still is. And I just, you're right. Interrupt no. me because I'm, I'm on a <laughs> ramble. No, no, it's so much, so many things that I wanted to say, but um, I want to, First and foremost, I wanted to say that a lot of things in the gay community or just gay itself has always been rejected because the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Um, and then also, and, and I was, I've was i been reading a lot of things centered around queer theory and just gay in general. But um, also, like, you know, the government rejects a lot of things that they, if they can't make money off of it, they deem it deviant or they um, they have religion deem it deviant, you know? Um, and I've just, just... When I was, you know, I said I came out when I was uh, a a sophomore in high school, but I would like literally be sneaking around town. (laughs) And that's so dangerous. 
you know? And it's just like, wow. Like I was dating someone that was like 25. I shouldn't have, (laughs) I shouldn't have been, but you know me, I'm a fast girl. (laughs) But you know, what it's saying is just, just like, I'm so glad that I don't have to do that anymore and to hide just because that is a very wow. And, and no shade to the DL girls, you know, like I love y'all down, but bitch, that's the fucking tiredness. That's a nine to five. Shwoo. And I've encountered some people who they look like they're out, but they're actually really DL. Like you see them in the streets with the girls, you think because they at the club, you know, with their girlfriends, Kiki or whatnot, you know, you think they're out. But, you know, you spend time with them and, bitch, they, they, you know, they only invite you over at night, bitch. They looking out your blinds when, they looking out their blinds when you're leaving and just, so now that I've, what I'm trying to say is, is that it was very challenging to get to who I am now. So it's just like, I have no tolerance for people who aren't out, you know, and also I don't have tolerance for transphobia. I don't have tolerance for any homophobia. I don't have any time, any time for like misogyny. Like it's just some bullshit that we just have to, it's zero tolerance, you know? Because these things are what creates the proverbial closet. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when you have to think about who's around you when, when you're saying things out your mouth and it's not only like, oh, so you can say things behind closed doors, but think about who is, you know, you never know like the joke you might be telling or, you know, whatever, like there might be somebody sitting next to you on the train. There might be somebody walking who heard a snatch of your conversation and withdraws a little more because of what you said. And that's what happened to me. So I know what's happening to other folk. You know what I'm saying? Like, please like have a care, you know, for what comes out of your mouth, show some empathy and realize that somebody is going like we're we're all somebody else is just as complex as you are and you have to realize that you know like our youth nowadays i applaud them Mm -hmm. because they live in their truth with a ferocity that is unmatched baby (laughs) sometimes i'm amused but most times i am impressed and gagging for lack of better words inspired it's 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 crazy like and i love it because Mm -hmm. it's like you even facing all of the crap that you've been facing you know what i'm saying because i know you're facing the same crap that i grew up with Mm. you know what i'm saying and it's like you're like yep and and i love that courageous i love it and i am your support system always know that yeah, baby. Um, I, I just wanted to say one thing, but we had slightly talked about the whole perpetual state of coming out. Like there's always like a T with coming out. But I just want to say black men, black gay men, I really want to release y'all from all of your pain. Just all of the stigma that is tied to being gay. You know, I feel like if if it wasn't for that, it, like if gay was the normal thing to do. We would all be in love. We would all be, you know, loving each other, loving ourselves. But the fact that it is internalized, it has caused so much turmoil within us as a people. And that's something that's that healing that I'm working on personally for me. You know, And I just want to say, if you are in the closet still or if you have yet to come out and, and if you need to talk to any of us, we are here um, if you don't know where to reach us, our email is wearehimpodcast at gmail.com. It's on our Twitter. It's on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can email us. We 
are here for you. This is what this community, this is what this safe space is about. And I mean, and I also wanted to add, we talked about barbers. If you know any queer barbers, yeah. like any like niggas or any like, you know, lesbians, anyone that cuts hair in the city in New York City, please email us because yo, I need a fucking haircut and I want to respect the person that I give my money to and I want them to respect me. So please, if you like do your thing in New York City, cut hair, do hair, whatever, and you like service the girls, please send us an email or tweet us or or hit us up on Instagram. And know that himpodcast.com has resources we have a resource page we will put you up there because you needed to be you need to be shouted out please yeah baby so like i always say we back here next wednesday don't go nowhere you can always find us on apple podcasts and soundcloud as well as many of the android systems as well (laughs) um and don't go nowhere we ain't going nowhere so Come back to us next Wednesday. Love y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Bye.